Hey sisters, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to remind you that there are three very clear phases to achieving optimal health, energy, weight, weight release, and feeling flippin' amazing in your body in perimenopause. The first is calming the hormonal chaos. We cannot get to the root of any issue if your body's inflamed, if the habits that you're keeping mean you're not sleeping well, meaning you're bloated, meaning you're super moody and impatient. It's really difficult to get anywhere when that's the case. Of course, when we calm it, we head into phase two, which is where we really find the actual root of the issue. And sometimes we find the root and you think, I don't want to deal with this issue yet. And sometimes we find the root and think, okay, I guess I have to deal with this issue now. Neither are comfortable, but identifying it is a huge part of it. And then stage three is when we create a new strategy to support that change, the new habits, the new life that you want. It doesn't take that long. In the grand scheme of your life, you can feel amazing in four months even. You can see and feel a significant improvement in just one month. We can move through these phases really quickly when we work together closely, which is why I am opening up the spring enrollment intake for my one month private hormone rebalancing and weight loss program. Right now you can apply in, it's a free application. It is by application only because I need to get to know you a little bit better. And then all you need to do is look for an email from me saying whether you've been accepted and and a link in there to schedule a call. It's a free assessment where I take 30 minutes and we connect. I better understand what you're struggling with. I walk you through the program and we determine whether it's a fit for you. I don't take everyone. I work really closely with my clients but they always get results when they follow the path. Don't take my word for it. You can check out the testimonials on my website, but most importantly, I really wanna help you feel better. It wasn't that long ago that I was completely lost and in full hormonal chaos and couldn't even understand what was going on beneath the surface of my body. And now, a few years later, I feel like an entirely different person and have more energy and feel better in my body than I ever have before in my life. I want to make sure you hear this message because if it's resonating with you, if you listen to the podcast, if you follow me on social or you get my emails and the things that I've been saying have, have kind of niggled at you in your gut, don't wait. We're just a couple months away from summer, which can for some of us get busy again. Now is the time to focus on you for one month. And when you do, you will thank me. I promise. All right. Grab your pen, grab your notes section. We're about to dive in to this week's episode. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. 
This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast, top 5% wellness podcast in the world right now. And I am really, really excited to bring um, a special guest, an expert on our call for all of us today to talk about a topic that's super relevant, probably for most of us for most of our lives, but that is really coming to fruition and and becoming really relevant to where we are in this perimenopause and menopause midlife aspect of it. And that is about our strive for perfection and how our focus on perfection is really keeping us from living our most happy and fulfilling lives, whether that's in our body, whether that's healing of our bodies, whether that's in our career, whether that's with our family, whether it's with our children and the experiences that we have. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Erica Akimboye, who is a best-selling author, content strategist, and author coach who helps ambitious women find their voice, write their book, and use their story as a catalyst of change. She's the host of the What's Her Story podcast and founder of The Purpose Project LLC, an online business that empowers high-achieving, globally-minded women to create a business and a life that is aligned and abundant. She's an author of an incredible book that I hope you will all check out at the end of this podcast called The Unperfect Book. Um, and as an author of Unperfect, a busy mom's guide to seeking purpose over, per- over perfection, she knows the transformational power of loving and leveraging your story. And today we have Erica on to talk to us about this seek, this seeking, this, this need that we have for being perfect, how it impacts our life and our health and how to start to undo that. So welcome Erica to the Period Whisper podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here and talk with you today. Yes. Can you maybe, you know, tell us, tell the listeners, tell everyone who's on the other sisters here a little bit about you and how you came to write a book and and create a business about one finding that inner voice and you know letting go of perfect. Yeah. So as long as I can remember, literally at six, I had checklists. I have loved lists. I love cor- color coordinating things, sticky notes, you know, all the things I've been obsessed with doing all the right things, checking the boxes. This um followed me through, you know, college, getting my degree, my master's. I was a teacher and married, house, two kids. We just recently got a dog, but like, you know, (laughs) doing all the things, right? And it's, um, it served me, right? I think a lot of women are ambitious and high achieving and it serves you like you, you get to a point of, okay, I've done all these great things, 
And then you get to a point where it is no longer necessarily what you're putting on your list. It's other people. It's the roles that you have. It's the expectations of either others or the expectations we have of ourselves. And um, when my children were were little, so my early 30s, it became like my life as a mother of young kids, like your life becomes very consumed with everyone else. Like, who are you exactly as a, as a woman? Um, I don't know. And there was time where I would get very um, frustrated with the mess and uh, the kids not following the, (laughs) the to-do list and the doing all the things that they should do as five-year-olds, you know, it's, (laughs) um, it was a moment where something shifted where, okay, if I'm going to enjoy this season, if I'm going to really step into where I am and who I am as more of a core, I need to let go of this, this perfect, this shoulds. And I was able to swap it for, for purpose, just put on that lens of, let me put on this lens of purpose that sees the the adorable kids playing and not focused on the mess or the next thing. So writing this book um, was really a way to help me process the the areas that I can release perfectionism and then give other women, you know, we we share a lot of story together. We share phases of our lives, um, just experiences in so many ways that sharing our story is a really powerful way of connection. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's so interesting because I think that's such a relevant, a relevant story and such a common story. I know it's, it certainly has something that I really relate to like this need to, have everyone comply and control, you know, the situation so that one, we can feel like we, I guess we have some control and that we're actually accomplishing something when, when life is chaotic, when kids are young, but how do you, how do you even begin to know if what is on your list is, you know, someone else's checklist or, or that it has meaning to you, you know, how do you know if it's something you should even let go of or not? Or how did you know? Mm -hmm. I think part of it was not looking at what was on the list, but what was, what was not on the list? Mm -hmm. What was not getting on the list? What was I not doing for myself? What was I putting on the back burner? One of those things actually for me was I've always wanted to write a book that was on the back burner for a long time. So what isn't even making it on the list because we're so consumed with the busyness Mm. that we're not intentional with the margin. What's what do we have even space to breathe or go on a walk or pursue a, a hobby? Like we sign our kids up for, sports and hobbies and all the clubs and all the things a lot of times you know for my husband he has a couple hobbies and he 
he doesn't think twice about leaving and going and enjoying his hobbies. And so where can we look at what's not making it on the list? What's Mm -hmm. really calling us to say, "Hmm, do you remember me? Do you remember this desire, this, you know, something about joy? Yeah, that's a really important piece. And I think like that alone can be the question that often we ask ourselves is like, what is not on the list that should be the list? I think I heard someone say once, you know, selfishness, because we worry about that, I think, as mothers, right? And that's probably yeah. part of this creation of this perfect list that we're ticking off all the time is is that, are, am I doing enough for other people? I don't want, I want to be very unselfish as a mother, but I've heard it said as selfishness is when you put your wants above the needs of others. And mm. I think that's, that's fair. Obviously, like me wanting to go, you know, have drinks and party with my friends is going to be a little different is, is a want versus like, you know, the need of your child, like being fed or, you know, having a roof over their head or being dressed. But your needs as a human, you know, to be your best self, you know, taking care of yourself, following your dreams a little bit there, you know, finding that joy are our actual needs of life. And, and that's a really great question to ask is like on the list are your needs. What's not on the list? If your needs are not if your needs are not on the list, then that's maybe how you know your your list is filled with other people's opinions. Oh yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's another um I share about this in the book. Another kind of process you can go through is when you're looking at your list, can you eliminate it? Like does it actually have to be done? Can you delegate it? Mm. I remember googling chores for different age groups. I'm like, what can my six-year-old do? Oh, I could totally delegate that off my list and give it to him. And he's going to benefit from learning this. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, eliminate, delegate, and automate. Mm. So what things can be automated? I literally just asked today, and this would be a form of automation is like, Ask my husband, can you do school drop off every Friday now? Because I noticed like it was it was a part of tension in our schedule. And so now I've just automated by asking, like, okay, now I know that Friday morning is automated. He's gonna be doing that. Ugh. So you can filter your list through some things where you do not have to do it all. And it is a lie that keeps us with a lot of stuff on our plate, is like, oh, I could just do it better. Mm. Um, yeah, that's maybe, a, yeah, but don't your kids need to learn how to load the dishwasher too? Yeah, Wouldn't that be beneficial for their future yeah. partners. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and you set them up for success yeah. now. <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit more about how you knew? it was taught like this, how, how you even knew that you were struggling with this in your life, how you knew you were struggling with this, 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 because you said something earlier, you said, you know, that ambition and the organization of that ambition serves you. And it does, you know, I know as as a fellow entrepreneur, I can absolutely appreciate that. But how did you know what happened in your life where you started to wonder and question if, it was maybe a toxic relationship and not a beneficial one. Mm-hmm. So two moments. One, 
that was really a catalyst before the book is my body went into adrenal fatigue. It was like, we are not doing this anymore. I've been trying to give you hints. I've been trying to, you know, and when I think of hints, I think of exhaustion as a hint, like "Hmm, maybe you should sleep more instead of, you know, staying up late or getting up early, you know, making time for sleep. Um, Adrenal fatigue was, it's interesting. Like I've, I've actually had mono three times in my life and they say that's something you should only get once. I really think it's my body saying, if you don't slow down enough to listen, we are going to shut you down Mm. and you will have no choice. Um, And so that was one thing that really was a wake up call because as a, as a busy mom, it is very inconvenient to be exhausted and be forced to slow down. Cause then, you know, some, you realize which balls you're dropping that are plastic that can bounce back and which ones are glass. Like, okay, these ones are important. A great analogy. It, it almost forced you to kind of move into this like list auditing of eliminate, delegate, and automate. Cause you're like, which ones, yeah, which, which balls can be dropped and which have to be held with white gloves. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, so that was fascinating what you just said there. That's really, and that is really what happens, right? I think like, you know, there's a real opportunity cost that we ignore mm. to our body and to our relationships when we don't pay attention to the whispers of our body or the again the whispers from our children necessarily or or in our relationship when we kind of override them with this desire to check off our list. Mhm. Absolutely. So um usually perfectionism will show itself more so in one area than another, or we're more hyper aware of it, whether it's, you know, around our, our health, we're like, okay, this is, this is what we got to do. You know, I think of 75 hard, it's like, and all of it, and it's just intense. Mm -hmm. Um, So recognizing that our wellness is holistic, we are a whole person. And perfectionism and purpose can show up in all areas. Um, I, in the book, I highlight five areas that we can seek purpose over perfection. And the first one is mindset because so much starts with our internal dialogue, our internal thoughts, the stories, the, uh, even gratitude, part of our awareness, um, physical environment, uh, schedule, relationships, and then last is health. Mm. We put last health because they all impact each other, but we can be very quick to um, say, well, I shouldn't have been eating this, but was it, were we eating because of the stress of our schedule or the relationships that we have been avoiding putting boundaries up around, you know, they all work together. So I, I wanted to have a very holistic view of, okay, what does it look like to rid out some of this perfection, really step into a more purposeful being 
Yeah. Can you list those five again? So mindset, physical environment. Yeah. So when I say physical environment, schedule, Schedule. relationships, and health. health. Okay. These are the areas where we can dig into in ourselves and start to look more for purpose to let go of perfection. Absolutely. Yes. It doesn't mean we quit doing things or being awesome and ambitious. It just means that we can hold things with open hands and put on different lenses. I love thinking of putting on a set of glasses. Like if you have them with a blue filter, you're going to see things a little bit different. If we can put it on with a, what's purposeful about this moment? How can I be present and let my guard down about the walls I've built up for, you know, people pleasing or saving face or that keeps everything looking great on the outside. If I can look at it with more of purpose, um, I just show up different, better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you said that, you know, we've sort of talked about this before personally, but, you know, as someone who's working towards perfection and out of purpose, we can create that image without it actually bringing us joy. I know when I left, when I got out of my previous marriage, that was a big thing people said to me. It was like, I thought you had this perfect relationship. And I was like, I know I designed it that way. I was the one who made it look that way. (laughs) And yet it didn't feel perfect to me, you know? So perfection is almost a very skin deep thing, isn't it? It's really shallow. Absolutely. It, It keeps us in, you know, procrastination, overthinking, overwhelm, and still keeping that shell on the outside of, like you said, like what I I still care about what people think. So I'm just going to push out what I want to be seen and hold in, even at the detriment of, you know, it shows up in me as resentment. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel it. And resentment, when I think about it, I think of it as internal anger. Mm -hmm. It's like that fire is inside. I, you're not going to hear me, um, rarely, I should say, uh, with an outburst or I'm not going to be yelling. I'm, I'm most people, uh, describe me as, you know, a calming presence. Mm-hmm. I would you know, <laughs> and I love that, but if it's in conflict of my internal, like, I feel like there's a fire in me and I'm resenting hosting this, you know, these people that we opened our house to, if there's resentment, like that doesn't feel good. And maybe they're having a great time, but there's that internal fire. So that's what resentment feels like. Like a real abandonment of self for other people's joy, which I think is part of the codependency definition that I know we've explored a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So codependency was a, a really empowering, I can't say season of my life, but like um, where I really addressed it and explored it. Codependency was where I could look at my environment and the relationships I'm closest with and say, yes, this doesn't feel good. 
And addressing codependency was a very empowering thing because there was something I could mm-hmm. control. There's something I could, could I could do to step out of um, that enmeshment that like, where do I end? And they, be, you know, they began like there was no separation. I spent most of my thirties, like trying to figure out who I was as a partner, mm-hmm. as a spouse, as a unit. You know, we say, yeah. we say that a lot, like, how do we become one? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I just turned for you. I'm like, who am, who am I without all the people like holding on to me or, you know, conjoined with me? That's a really, and that's a really important topic. I think that probably as you're saying, as you start to unravel this desire for perfection, which you're saying you can start to notice when you recognize resentment, whatever that might feel like for you and your body, for you, it probably, you said it feels like that sort of burning on the inside or that deep fire on the inside when you're trying to stay calm on the outside. I think resentment can feel differently for different people, but when we start to recognize resentment in our lives, that's a real red flag for the fact that maybe everything on our list is not really, it's really focused more on the shallow perfect and not the purpose that we're kind of going for in life. And midlife really creates this perfect environment for us to start to ask ourselves like, who am I? If I'm not, you know, like, who am I just me, just by myself? Who is enough just me and just by myself? You know, who am I? What makes me happy? What do I want to eat? You know, what what brings me joy? And I think these are really important questions that women start to ask themselves in order to have purpose. Would you agree? Absolutely. Curiosity is such a powerful um thing to step into that disarms those walls that we've put up. We can approach it with curiosity instead of like a battle mode. We're like, oh, let's just, let's explore. Why do I feel this way? Why do I um, act this way? Do you ever act a certain way and you're like, that's not actually what I wanted to do or what I want to say. I'm just like (laughs) snapping and I'm like, okay, what? What was it that triggered me in that way? And just approaching with compassionate curiosity is such a beautiful thing we do. We can do for ourselves. I think we can offer that to our kids too. Like, you know, just offering more questions to ourselves Mm -hmm. um, is, it brings a lot of clarity. Mm -hmm. Even you mentioned, you know, stepping into the midlife and you're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I without the roles and the jobs or the titles? Coming down to your core values. And a, even like when I when I first started looking at what are my core values, I was like, oh, I've always said that was a core value. And I don't think it's my core value. I think I was raised that to be a good person, I needed that as a core value. To be a you know good wife or mom or you know as a, a teacher, a coach, I needed this as a core value and be able to say that. But it doesn't feel aligned with who I am as a being, and that takes some like 
curiosity, like yeah. some grace to be like, Ooh, I've been carrying this this whole time. And it wasn't actually me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and even I think part of being curious is like, of course, you know, I think we can all have, we, many of us can have a shared value of shared core value of wanting to be a good mother, a good partner, you know, a good person, but what does yeah. it even mean to be those things? I think that can be sometimes where we collect other people's views instead of really mm-hmm. digging in. And, and I love your concept there of being curious and taking time to start to understand what other ways do you recommend in, you know, whether it's in the book or, or this way to help people start to get to know themselves, their voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that, um, we spend a lot of our life collecting answers, you know, doing nothing, even just in, in education, like we're just, we're, we just need to collect answers. There's so much power in asking better questions. And so digesting information, like in each chapter, there's information, there's an awareness, there's a, Hey, you could look at this differently, or you could let this go or just navigate a new area of awareness. And, you know, any of those areas that your relationships boundaries, the, at the end of each chapter, I do confident action steps because I want to offer a first step. There's nothing worse than getting awareness and then being stuck with this awareness and being like, oh crap, now what do I do? And so having that first step of, okay, I could journal. I have a lot of journal questions. I love journaling. Um, Some you know, take time to look at your schedule, mm. uh, assess, your- you know, what, what taking some time to be silent and just listening to the voices that are trying to whisper at you or that are shouting and say, I hear you. What are you trying to tell me? Mm. And so I try to understand. Oops. My phone. <laughs> um, just taking that time to take one step closer in, um, in curiosity in each of these areas. I think one of the most powerful things about your book is that it really gives women permission to, well, let go of perfect and start to slow down enough and be curious about themselves, you know? And I think often that's all we really need is a little bit of permission from a trusted resource or someone we admire or an expert to say, you know what, this is really important for us to, you know, take this time and prior. I should prioritize. I deserve to prioritize myself. Mm-hmm. And something I love, you know, part of what you say, even in, you know, the bio of your, um, of your What's Her Story podcast is how you are really curious about people's story. You're really nosy about it. And I, that's something I share with you where I really, I love people. I love asking a lot of questions. You know, I know my girlfriend's often like, you ask a lot of questions, easy on the questions. I'm like, (laughs) but 
You know, I don't know that I spent enough time in my life really asking myself those questions. And I think that this is, you know, I hope everyone listening who is in midlife, if you don't, you should know yourself better than you know anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's that word should. Oh. And so I'm like, yes, I should know myself better. But let that be a, okay, what could I do to know myself better? How could I show up for myself better? And just shift that should to a, okay, what can I do this week or today to give myself a little bit space? Maybe it's a walk alone, like leave the, leave, leave the house and just walk alone without listening to a podcast or a book. Mm. Just like, oh, what comes to mind? Or um, my favorite is when I was doing the codependency work is taking yourself out for dinner. That, it was one of the hardest things. I was like, okay, what do I, what do I even like to eat? Because I usually just say, you know, what does everyone else want? Just defer my decision-making. I don't love making decisions. I also don't love conflict. Mm -hmm. But how can I listen to, hmm, what would I like? What would be enjoyable? How do I feel about showing up somewhere and having a table of one? Mm -hmm. And just being with myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited for my 40s to really step into like, ooh, who do I get to be, do, and have? Uh, who do I get to step into? I love that be, do, have. We were, we've yeah. been talking about that previously. It's an, a really, if, if anyone hasn't heard about the be, do, have, or the have, to be, it's something actually my sister taught this to me years and years and years ago. It was a concept she'd heard. And the way it was explained to me is that so often in life, we look at the world and we we actually go the opposite. And we think in the have, do, be, if I had a better body, I would be, you know, I would do the things I wanted to do and therefore be a happier person instead of the way we really want to approach life. If I be a happy person, like if I embody that and know myself then I will not think twice about doing the things that fulfill fill me with joy. Um, and then I will have the life and the body that I want because it's it's taking action as opposed to waiting. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful to, to really decide who we want to be and make a decision from that future self that... I, for me, I usually call her elevated Erica. I like alliteration. Ah, <laughs> I love like, what would what would what decision would she make from her vision point mm-hmm. versus her vantage point? Ooh. What what could I see from a little bit higher up? And how would I make a decision if I'm, you know, hindsight's 2020? 20. We would oh. like to tell our younger selves so many things, but what could what could that future being of myself um help me? make these decisions now and and really step into the be, um, do and have. Ah, oh, that's incredible. I love that so for your, your vision and not your van, your vantage point. I really love yeah. that. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I know something. So here we are, we're talking about, you know, perfection and, and sort of letting go of that. And obviously digging into purpose, being curious about yourself. Um, but I want to make sure that everyone listening, you know, I want to give them 
a clear understanding of how to recognize this in, because I think a lot of us do know, I mean, that's part of midlife. It kind of is like you, you start to realize maybe the areas that you want to improve upon, but you know, you talked about resentment, but in the book, you also talk about how, you know, it can show up in different areas of our life. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So, um, there are so many interminglings. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but for example, clutter. Mm. If you find, oh, I'm going to talk about myself. Okay. I do have a clean, organized house, unless you look in the back cubby in my like little office nook. And I notice that I like to push things into the corners and into up against the wall. So like the initial reaction is like, oh, this is clean and well-maintained, but the corners collect the clutter. Mm -hmm. And as I've been aware of this visual, I can see this. I'm like, I wonder how this shows up in my mindset. Mm. What am I pushing aside? What am I you know, filing away for when I have more time or once the kids graduate or, you know, all these different nooks of my, my internal life, how am I cluttering that up and, and keeping, you know, walls up around that. Also same with how is it showing up in my health? What am I, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I, the other day I was making a kale salad for lunch, which is one of my favorite lunches. And to me, I was like, I'm doing the right thing. This good job, Erica, this feels really good. I'm going to have so much energy. I have protein in it. Yes. And my internal mind was running and it was saying, make chocolate chip cookie dough. Now you need chocolate chip cookie dough. And while I'm making the kale salad, I'm also making cookie dough and I just start eating cookie dough. And it was a good way for me to stop and say, what am I trying to buffer in my mind of like, what am I trying to avoid internally by putting some cookie dough on while also doing the right thing? How is this, that same kind of clutter is showing up in different areas. So in the book, if, if something kind of hits a button, you can also say, huh, I wonder how this shows up in my relationships. I wonder how this shows up in my schedule. What I'm like putting off all the time. I'm avoiding, I'm putting that clutter on the outside. Um, It's just so interesting. (laughs) Almost like really looking at the common themes of, you know, of your life can, can help you find the greatest place, maybe the most high impact places to start being curious about. Yes, absolutely. That's so interesting. And it's true. It's yeah. like the way, oh, I love when you're just talking about like triggers there though. And I think I just, I know that often when I start to feel myself be triggered by something, I used to just ignore it and not want to feel it. And, you know, for me, the answer was, I'm just going to do more or I'm going to you know, eat some sugar because it just kind of soothes that irritation that's sort of coming there. Or maybe it's, you know, call somebody because you can't sit by yourself, or maybe it's have a glass of wine or whatever it is. And, and not to say those things aren't okay to do sometimes, but I think that 
those are the moments that we really want to kind of push pause. I think I hear you're saying and really create that buffer where we at least dig in and understand, okay, what's actually, what's actually happening here? What do I act? Cause sometimes when you're reaching for sugar, what you really need is actually a nap. Yeah. It's okay to have sugar sometimes, but if it's going to damage your body further and what you really need is a rest, then having sugar is actually going to cause more discomfort to your body than, than actually giving your body what it really needs. And if you can't take that rest, maybe it's like, "Mm, is there a boundary you need to lay in your life in order to be able to have a little bit more rest? It's sort of a bouncing ball, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, one of the filters I ask myself and it, it helps with food, right? Just giving this filter is what would feel good to have done? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because sometimes in the moment, it feels really good to eat the chocolate chip cookie dough and sit on the couch and Netflix and just zone out and forget about whatever's going on, on the inside. Yeah. But does it feel good to have done? No. Like, you know, future Erica is like, why did you just, eat all of that and waste an hour when, yeah, I could have napped or something. But if you think about what would feel good to have done, even working out, it doesn't always feel great in the moment, but it feels great to have done like the energy, the endorphins, how your body reacts. So that's a filter that's really helped me of when I know if I'm avoiding something Mm -hmm. or if I'm doing some, doing myself, my future self a favor. That's amazing, Erica. This has been so enlightening. And I think again, it's such a it's a relevant topic for everyone, but it it's really becoming highlighted or magnified, I think, in these midlife years when we're less tolerant to how things are. And and really energy, you know, it's a real supply and demand game as you head into midlife and the shifting of your hormones is how much energy do I have? And and so learning to edit your list, learning to let go a little bit of perfect you know, can, can be the difference between the have do be or the be do have. So your book is Mm -hmm. so powerful. I'm so grateful that you wrote it and to have you be here and talk about it before I have you share where people can learn more about you and even get your book. Um, will you just share a little bit about how your life is different now after I'm sure it's not a destination. It's not like you suddenly just never have to worry about feeling perfect again, but after putting this into practice for yourself? Yeah. So I, you know, I love that I, we can embrace the journey. So I've stepped into forties is how can I be more radiant? It's not Mm -hmm. about anti-aging. It's not about shrinking myself. It's how can I radiate and stepping into who I get to be is a daily experience. Mm-hmm. One of my mantras is like, I allow life to be easy mm-hmm. and I do not have to sacrifice my adrenals, marriage and sleep for success. Mm-hmm. And just how can I step into my purpose? And honestly, realizing that helping women you love and leverage their story use their story to really be an empowering part of their life and a compass for where they go next. That's been so beautiful that I get to step into that and help other women 
really step into the power of their story as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you talked earlier about perspective and how important kind of how you view things are. And what I heard you just say there was so beautiful. Like we get really, we hear a lot of terms around midlife of like weight loss, anti-aging, you know, and, but when you, when you turn those words into radiate instead of anti-aging of what I get to do or get to be in my body instead of weight loss, that's an entirely different lens as you call it, right? It's, it's expansive. It's doing more. It's giving more. It's lifting others as opposed to just always trying to shrink ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. what a different filter that is. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, yes. So can you tell everybody here then how to find you, how to learn more about you, how to find your book and read this book and learn more about how to let go of perfect as we're calling it? I would love for you to find me on Instagram. I I live there (laughs) part-time at at Erica Akingboyer. If you break it down, it's not too bad. It's a king boy, and then E on the end. I'm that on Facebook and Instagram and my emails, hello at ericakingboy.com. So I would love for you to just message me and say, Hey, I heard you on the period whisperer with Bria. Um, I, I really am. I say I'm nosy, but I'm curious. I just, I love hearing women's stories. So I'd love for you to connect with me there. And then I am the host of the What's Your Story podcast. So I'd love for you to find me on all those platforms. Bria, I'm excited about having you on as well. And then, yeah, you can find Unperfect, A Busy Mom's Guide to Seeking Purpose Over Perfection on Amazon, all the places. So I would love to hear from you. Amazing, Erica. Thank you so much. Sisters, I'll make sure to put all of these links in the show notes here so you can just swipe up and grab them. You now have a beautiful roadmap because of Erica for how to recognize this sort of perfection problem or toxicity in your life and how to begin to undo that by being curious, digging deep. So go out and check out this book, follow Erica, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Don't forget to be more in your life and not just less on a scale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.